Impact 89 FM's own golf podcast. This is The Long Drive. Welcome into The Long Drive. I am your host, Grace Skidlerick, and I am joined by my co-host, Jack Latterman, and guests Nick Fardella, and back from a week absence, Tim Marshall. There's so much to get to today. It is officially the best golf week of the year. It's Masters week, but before we get to that, there's a lot to unpack about what happened on the PGA Tour last week, the Valero Texas Open. It was the last event before Augusta, the last chance for any guys to go out and win it in order to get that special invitation to the Masters, of which that didn't happen. Um, But first, we head right into uh, what's happening actually currently as we speak with the MSU men's golf team. Yesterday, um, they finished tied for sixth out of 17 teams with a team score of 579, playing 36 holes at the Red Hawk Invitational at Chambers Bay in University Place, Washington. They are currently completing the second day of that Invitational right now as we speak. They were led on the day by senior Bradley Smithson, who carded a one over 143, two rounds of 71 and 72, which had him sitting in 12th place out of the individual event yesterday. Uh, the MSU women's golf team next sees their next action on April 15th and 16th at the Lady Buckeye Invitational at the Scarlet Course in Columbus, Ohio. And the LPGA Tour last week was the DIO Implant LA Open at the Palos Verdes Golf Club in Palos Verdes Estates, California. The winner was Ruaning Yin at minus 15. Nelly Cordo was not far behind, T5 minus 11. And another American, Daniel Kang, was T7 minus 10. That moves the winner, Ruaning Yin, to 84th in the race to the CME Globe, which is the season-long points race on the LPGA Tour. So now we get into a little bit of news that's surrounding the PGA Tour. Of course, it's Masters Week. It's it's huge. Everything is is just heightened by 10 times, tenfold, uh, in terms of the magnitude of this event. So um, last week, actually, at the Valero Texas Open, Nikolai Hoygaard, who did finish second a few weeks ago at the Corrales Punta Cana Championship, and Ryan Gerard both earned special temporary membership with their finishes at the Valero, so good for them. And Jeff Knox, this is kind of getting into our Masters news here. Jeff Knox, who has been an, uh, an alternate, kind of, he's a member at Augusta National. He's 59 years old, and he is a non-competing alternate. So what happens is when there's an, an odd number of guys that make the cut, the 36-hole cut, he will play with the single and he has done so in the last however many editions of the Masters. He has been paired with Rory McIlroy, Sergio Garcia, and has beaten them straight up. And he will be replaced with a younger member. So goodbye to the cult hero who is Jeff Knox at Augusta National. Sandy Lyle and Larry Mize also playing their last Masters. Uh, Sandy Lyle was a 1988 Masters champion as well as a 1985 Open champion. Larry Mize winning it in 1987. So those guys calling it quits at Augusta National after this year, and one of the biggest storylines that we will not fail to cover on this podcast is PGA Tour versus Live Golf at the Masters. You know, like, what's kind of the dynamic behind that? Uh, is there any beef between any of the guys? You know, is Brooks Kepka kind of rounding back into form? He won the Live Golf event 
in Orlando this last weekend. That's two wins in his previous six starts. You know, Patrick Reed had a T3. Dustin Johnson finished in seventh place. There's, like I said, 18 live golfers participating in the Masters. Six are former champions. Like, guys, what do you think is the big storyline between Liv and the PGA Tour this week? Is it just kind of being blown out of the water, or is there real substance here? Uh, I think it depends on the player. I saw yesterday an interview with JT Poston, um, and he's on the younger side. Like, he obviously probably isn't close with, like, Phil or any of those guys. Um, but he seemed to not care very much, and he was excited, he said, to see some of his friends um, that switched to live, and he was excited to hang out and stuff like that. So I think it it really depends on the player, like Rory or Phil. Like some of these guys I think is really going to uh, be impactful and interesting. I'm excited to see if there is any beef or anything. I'm assuming not. I mean, we're at the Masters. It's I think people are going to be focused, but I think it depends on the player. Um, I definitely would have loved to see a Rory and, and Phil grouping. Um, unfortunately, we don't have that, but yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think the media is blowing this all like way too much. Cause I saw an interview with Brooks Kapka and he basically said, uh, you know, I go I, I go like practice at Jupiter. I see uh, Rory there all the time. Like they're still friends. I see. I think like most of the big guys like Brooks and Bryson are still friends with those guys. But you know, that's just me though. I think um, they're still kind of friendly, but I think it's specific cases like Phil talking about people. He was a big. Um, part of the um, lawsuit that fell through, I believe, and Patrick Reed suing Rory, like serving in papers on uh, Christmas Eve, I believe. So that was that was tough. I, I still think there's bad blood there, but I'm excited to see how these live players play because they haven't really had much incentive to play well. And now this week they have the biggest incentive, which is a green jacket. Right, yeah, this is the first 72-hole event that a lot of these guys will have played since the Open Championship last year, which Cam Smith won and then ended up going to live right after that. But, yeah, I mean, they're 54-hole, no-cut events, so it's not like there's a lot of sweat that goes into these, you know. So, And, yeah, like you, you guys really hit on it. It seems to, like Rory is kind of the face of the PGA Tour now in terms of defending the tour against Liv, and then you've got Brooks and Bryson and Bryce, yeah, Bryson DeChambeau and Phil Mickelson, some of the more polarizing guys that went to Liv. So I think there's some interesting storylines there, but yeah, I saw like a just a, a flash interview after his round, Dustin Johnson yesterday giving his post-round interview, and he said, you know, all my buddies are still my buddies. I, 99% of the tour lives in Jupiter, Florida, so <laughs> they see each other all the time. They, they're still friends, so... It's an interesting dynamic. Champions dinner going on tonight, so that should be really fun to watch as well. But before we get into previewing what is the best spectacle in the game of golf, we have to touch on what was a great week on the PGA Tour, the Valero Texas Open. There were a lot of interesting storylines, actually, that kind of played out. Was Ricky Fowler able to – he was the, the most popular – player in the field was he able to earn that invitation to Augusta he did not he had to go out and win it the weather was going to look like a huge factor and it did not actually the weather was pretty calm over the weekend you know there were some veterans that were leading after round one Padraig Harrington Matt Kuchar they each went four under round one and did you know it, it it was a crazy day you know a lot of guys on on Friday had to play 27 holes since it was a rain shortened first round on Thursday, so guys, like just we'll, we'll start with what what did you think of this weekend? You know, Corey Connors went to second event in 
four years at the Valero. So what 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 hit on what did you guys hit on this week? Uh, I was really impressed with Corey Connors. Um, he went eight under in his first round, finished first in approach, first off the tee. Um, it got kind of close at the end, but I think most of Sunday uh, it was kind of in his bag. Um, and Patrick Rogers, everyone's talking about his melt that he had, but I, I still am proud of what he did. 11 under through two rounds, uh, still an amazing week for him. If you would have said that going in, I think he would have been very happy with that. Um, and then a couple other names that finished decent, uh, Sam Stevens and Ryder, uh, both led um, in approach. They were top, I think, three, those two with Connors in approach. Um, and they had great weeks. And then Ben Ann and uh, Ben Martin Sunday were really impressive to climb up the leaderboard. So I was impressed by them. Um, and I was overall pretty fun. It was kind of all over the place. Like there wasn't one leader the whole weekend. Um, I was kind of hoping for Rogers to melt a little bit just for excitement purposes. And he did. And then it, it got really interesting. So I think it was fun to watch. Yeah. You know, it, it that was huge. You know, Patrick Rogers still looking for that first PGA tour win, obviously. But Corey Connors, I mean, my gosh, second win in four years at the Valero Texas Open. He's super popular heading into Augusta, given that he's had three top tens in his last three years there. And the more interesting storyline is that the 89th spot in the Masters was going to be reserved for a player who would have hypothetically won the Valero and was not already in the field. So the Masters field is capped at 88. Nick, there's a, a lot to unpack. Like, Jack hit on it. There was a it was a great week on tour, you know. So what do you got? Yeah, I, pretty impressed that Corey Connors won, and uh, impressed that Fowler got top ten. Obviously, he was hoping to win, but still top ten is pretty solid. Kuchar top three, pretty good for him. But you know, I was kind of like not, not that impressed with Ben Griffin and Ryan Palmer because I thought they had a chance to get like top twenty, top ten, but they didn't. Didn't even make the cut, so. Yeah, Ryan Palmer, he was one of the guys that I actually noted didn't make the cut, as well as Andrew Landry, the 2018 champion. He was kind of a one of the betting favorites to head into the week, and given his, his past success Patton there. Patton was the favorite, Yeah, he but, missed the cut. Yeah, so, I mean, it was it was an up-and-down week in terms of the, the picks and the, the betting on this show. But, um, yeah, Tim, what do you got? I was just impressed with Corey Connors. He obviously did this uh, four years ago. Uh, but this year, like he came out of no year, uh, nowhere in 2019. But this year, it's like okay, maybe he could surprise a few people at the Masters if he's playing this well. Um, his style kind of fits at Augusta. Maybe he could somehow get a top ten and be in the mix in the mix on the weekend. Yeah, Augusta's a super approach oriented course. Obviously, it's a second shot golf course and in a putter's golf course. And Corey Connors is one of the best iron players on the tour. So that's why he's always popular at Augusta. Um, and, and I was really impressed this week with Sam Stevens. He's recorded a T3 at the Corrales and then follows it up with a two at the Valero. You know, he looks like a guy that could potentially break through for his first PGA Tour win. He's 43rd in the FedEx Cup standings. So he's got more incentive to Kind of finish the year out strong, see if he can get to East Lake. That's obviously huge if you make the Tour Championship. You can basically set your entire schedule for the next year. So Sam Stevens, and I, I wouldn't, this wouldn't be complete. This recap wouldn't be complete without touching on Padraig Harrington and Charlie Hoffman. You know, Charlie Hoffman with a respectable uh, T22 at minus six. Padraig Harrington making a top 10 in a PGA Tour event at 51 years old. You know, he seems like he's. One of those guys that's kind of just unbeatable on the PGA Tour champions. So good for Padraig Harrington as well. 
And it was a crazy week on the PGA Tour at the Valero Texas Open. But now we move to the best week in golf, the golf schedule all year. It's the most iconic event. It's the one that everybody wants to win. The Masters, live from Augusta National Golf Club this Thursday through Sunday. We've got so much to touch on here. There's a lot of storylines. It's going to be awful weather this weekend. Cool and rainy for most of the weekend. So that's going to really impact how a lot of the guys play. You know, potential like split T3 sums and in the third and fourth rounds. There's a lot of dealing with playing in, in softer conditions like that, like we saw a few years ago with Dustin Johnson in the 2020 Masters. So there's so much there. Tiger, obviously is the headliner this week. I saw a quote from Scott Van Pelt that said, you could, any other golfer in the field could play naked this week (laughs) and nobody would know that you're there because everybody would be following Tiger. So he's obviously the guy to watch. He's made 22 straight cuts at Augusta National, headlined by five green jackets. That is second to the one Jack Nicklaus, who holds the all-time major championships record with 18. Tiger is uh, second in that category as well. Uh, Freddie Couples made 23 straight cuts, the 1992 champion, and the three-time champion Gary Player also made 23 straight cuts. So, guys, we we can literally talk for hours about the Masters. So, Augusta National Golf Club, the field, everything. Let's get right to it. Yeah, this is this is probably the best week uh, of the year. So it's very exciting. I have a couple things stat-wise. I think approach is extremely important this week, like you've mentioned, um, more so than any other stat. I think off the tee, uh, part, strokes gain on par four is also important in bent putting, but I think approach is by far uh, the most important. And also first-timers really struggle here is another thing to think about with betting or DFS or anything. Um, also, there's 88 players, I believe, in the field, right, without, without wise. Um, yes, 88. Yep, and yep. top 50 in ties will make the cut. So that's very different than normal. Um, if you're looking at players to make the cut and stuff like that, that's a higher percentage. Hey, you hit on it with first-timers, just so, not to cut you off. No, you're you're you hit on it with first-timers. There's been one first-timer. This is yeah. the 87th edition of the Masters. One first-timer has won this event. It's Fuzzy Zeller in 1979. So yep. experience matters. And the more that you have, the better you're going to be able to play this course because it is just that intimidating and that tough to play. There's, you know, every single guy that's ever played the Masters could probably sit there and tell you that there's not a place like Augusta on the planet. So, yeah. Um, Going to the field a little bit, I believe it's every, but there may be one or two that don't. Uh, In the last 20 years, though, I'm pretty sure it's every winner was top 15 in the U.S. golf rankings coming in. Um, which I think is interesting. And 10 out of the last 11 winners um, had at least two top 15s in their last three events heading into the Masters. So just a couple names. It's it's mostly the like the big guns, Rory, Scotty, Homa, Spieth, Hovland, Decky, uh, Burns, Day, Cam Young, and then Cantlay. And then two interesting names to me, Kitayama and JT Poston also fall into that, which I think are two... Interesting names coming in, a little long shots. Yeah, and it's a super, it's a turbulent week in terms of the leaderboard, too. There have been five wire to wire winners in 86 previous editions of the Masters, the most recent being Jordan Spieth in 2015, 
So if a guy's leading after round one, there's pretty much that does not mean that he's going to prevail that week. So Nick, there's a ton a ton to go through here. So what are you just most excited about? And then we'll kind of get into like the nitty gritty yeah. stuff. I'm just most excited like to watching golf. Even if you're not like a really big golf fan, everyone still watches the Masters. If you're a golfer growing up, you dream of being like going like golfing at the Masters. And I have like a weird sad about Jordan Spieth. Um, he's won two straight years winning on on uh, Easter Sunday, and Easter Sunday is this Sunday, so maybe he'll win the Masters this year. That's a that's a great stat. So he won the 2015 Masters on Easter Sunday, then? No, no. So like the past two years oh, his... on Easter Sunday, he won the RBC Heritage and the Valero Tex Open okay. year prior. Okay. So if he wins this, it'll be three straight years winning on Easter there Sunday. I believe Fleetwood also has some similar stat. Oh, he's yeah. really good on Easter Sunday. Yeah. He's I super popular. Yeah, then, yeah. I mean, Spieth is obviously extremely popular this weekend. You know, he should be a two-time Green Jacket champion, Green Jacket holder, excuse me, except in uh, his infamous explosion, or implosion, I should say, in 2016. So, yeah. Um, I'm very excited for this week. As always, Masters, best week of the golf uh, year. And I also have a, an interesting stat here that um, in the last 30 years, only three players have won after not being top 40 the year before. So if you look at anybody who missed a cut last year, I believe Spieth missed a cut last year. I believe, um, I don't, I think Shoffley missed the cut. There were a bunch of other notable names that did not really hold up last year. So that might be um, something interesting to watch this week. Yeah. Sam Burns missed yeah. cut last year. Uh, Jordan, you are correct on that. Xander Shoffley missed cut. Gary Woodland missed cut. Francesco Molinari. Justin Rose. Those are some guys that everybody's betting on this week. So, yeah, some big names. Cam Young. Cam Young missed cut. He's plus 10. Wow. Um, last week. So, yeah, I, I, you know, the field is really, it's obviously a loaded field. It's the Masters. Everybody's going to play it, and it's everybody's favorite event. But it, it's a, like we kind of touched on, it's a second-shot golf course. So just some of the th- things that I wrote down. In the last six editions prior to 2022, the player who led the field that weekend's shots gained approach finished first, first, second, third, first, and first. You want to hear who the leader is in that stat so far this season? Tom Hoagie. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> that's, not, that's not a name when you think, you, hey, Masters favorite. You would have yeah. <laughs> thought it was one of the main guys. It's Tom Hoagie, and it's by over 1.3 strokes per round leading good, on the good field. Good showing at Sawgrass, but I don't know if he's got major in him. I'm but playing him. He I'm might. Him. He might. He might. So, yeah, strokes gained on par fours this week is going to be huge. The par threes are obviously tough. Par fives, for the most part, besides perhaps 13 this year, are reachable. So par four scoring is huge. And like I said, the most recent wire-to-wire winner, Jordan Spieth, five times in the previous 86 editions. So with that, we kind of the tee times were announced earlier today. So we can kind of go through these tee times, pick our favorite ones. Obviously, there's a lot of past champions that are playing in here. You know, the first four groups contain Mike Weir, Vijay Singh, Sandy Lyle and Fred Couples, so kind of some older past champions. Obviously, you have a lifetime exemption into the tournament if you win it. So, guys, what are our favorite groups, and what are some of the storylines that we're looking for in terms of group play in the first and second rounds this week? 
Um, honestly, there's a lot. It's kind of hard to choose. Um, but I, this is a bit of a, a strange one. But I'm excited for Patrick Reed, Adam Svensson, and uh, to the gala because I think Patrick Reed, possibly the most hated golfer, maybe debatable. Um, but I think the gala is very, very likable, and I think that's going to be a really interesting uh, pairing with Svensson too, who's been pretty hot. I think he could do something here. Um, so I, th- I just think that like environmentally, like the, I don't know. I think it's going to be a little bit strange with Tagala who's super like likable and chill. And then Patrick Reed who will shatter his driver over his knee. Yeah. It, I mean, he's a past champion, but he's such a polarizing figure in his behavior and everything he says and the, che- the, the cheating, <laughs> yeah, the, the cheating and there's so much around Patrick Reed that I mean, I as a former Masters champion, he's probably one of the least liked guys yeah. that yep. is out on tour. Yeah, him and arguably Sergio Garcia, not a very good reputation yeah, yeah. with Sergio either. He's fun to watch though, right? Reed, because you knows what he's gonna do. Oh yeah, you never know what he's gonna do. And I think it was Freddie Couples. I think said, you know, I mean, Sergio is obviously a world class golfer. In his own right, I think Sir Fred Couple said um, he's never really seen anybody else make contact with a golf ball like Sergio Garcia. So he's obviously a spectacle to watch, but some of the on-course antics just aren't there. So, Nick, what what do you got? Like favorite grouping this week? Yeah. You know, you touched on Jordan Spieth, but maybe got somebody else in mind because there's so many good. That Augusta National always does a great job with the pairings. So. My favorite groups, group 30, you know, they have Jordan Spieth, Tommy Fleetwood, and Tony Finau. Obviously, you talked about Jordan Spieth earlier, and Fleetwood and Finau, you know, they're popular picks to, like, get top 10, win this group, so I think that group's going to be really fun to watch. Yeah, my uh, my favorite group this week, it's Justin Thomas, John Rahm, and Cameron Young. A lot of bombs in this group. Heavy hitters. I think Rahm has a really good shot. He's been playing well. He's been... He's been in that top tier of players. And I, I think this is an important one for Justin Thomas because he has the two PGA um, wins, but he hasn't done, hasn't had any really memorable finishes at any other of the majors. And if he really wants to become like one of the, because he can, he has the potential to be an all time great as he's so young and so accomplished. But I think a green jacket would really help that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You touched on the two PGA wins and then one of, the, the most memorable non-winning major championship performance I have is 2017 at Aaron Hills. He shoots 63 in the third round with the three wood on the par five and eagles it. So the 2017 U.S. Open obviously lives in infamy for uh, for Justin Thomas. But yeah, you're you're right about the 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 green jacket. And I mean, you know, that's another storyline this week. Rory McIlroy trying to complete the career grand slam. He obviously has won the PGA twice at Kiowa and Valhalla U S open. The last time it was held at congressional and also the uh, 2014 open championship. So trying to complete the career grand slam there, you got Scotty Scheffler trying to be the first uh, man to successfully defend the masters since tiger 2000, 2001, so there's all kinds of storylines there. Scotty Scheffler, obviously the defending champion, like I just uh, like I just mentioned. But kind of going from there, my favorite group that I'll get into, like I said, the pairings are obviously 
amazing. Augusta National Golf Club always does a great job with the pairings. This is not necessarily like the most fireworks coming out of this group. It's pretty boring, honestly. But every guy in this group, their games are perfect for Augusta National in, in terms of the stats as well. So the group that I'm watching this week, Patrick Cantley, 2021 FedEx Cup champion, Adam Scott, the 10th year anniversary of his 2013 Masters win, and Kurt Kitayama, fresh off his first tour victory at the Arnold Palmer Invitational a few weeks ago. You know, I, I marked some notes down here about Patrick Cantley, and, and feel free to corroborate with me here, Jack. Uh, Patrick Cantley, he is first this year on tour and scrambling from the fringe, putting from three feet, and par four scoring average. We obviously mentioned approach is huge. You're hitting into small greens. Par four scoring average is huge. And you're going to be able to have to get up and down with some of those three to five footers. So that really tailors well for Patrick Cantley. He's also second in strokes gained off the tee on the PGA Tour this year. So that's huge for him. Hitting fairways, hitting greens is key this week. So look out for Patrick Cantley. In his group as well is Adam Scott, who is second in approaches from 50 to 75 yards in terms of proximity to the hole. Kind of if you miss the fairway and you've got 75, 80 yards in with a wedge, Adam Scott obviously is one of the best there. He's also made 14 straight cuts on the PGA Tour, so look for him to make the cut and maybe go far. 14 straight made cuts on the PGA Tour, 2013 champion, so he's got a lot of history here. So look out for Adam Scott as well and Kurt Kitayama. He is third this year in the PGA Tour in approaches that are greater than 100 yards in terms of proximity to the hole and fifth on the PGA Tour in proximity to the hole on approaches greater than 200 yards. So hitting those par fives in two is going to pay dividends for a guy like Kurt Kitayama. He's fourth in proximity to the hole on his approach shot when he lands in the fairway as well. So he's obviously a good iron player there in his own right. So... With that, it's kind of our favorite groups. There's obviously so much more to talk about, and we kind of we have to hint on the bet that Jack and I made while golfing yesterday. Can can you fill us in on this, Jack? Um, so I I'm a big Bryson fan, which is very not not a popular thing. Um, and I know his he has not done well here in the past, and he hasn't done that well at Live and all that. Um, but Gray said some just just beyond insane things. Um. And said he would put money on it. So um, it's the next round of golf that we go out and play. Yes, the loser has to pay for both of us. Yes. So I don't even know which which uh, we'll call them veterans. That's probably the nicest way to put it. You took. Um, But I'm taking Bryson to make the cut over. And if any of your two make the cut, it's a push. You want to say those two names? Yeah, they are uh, 1985 and 1993 (laughs) champion Bernhard Langer. (laughs) Yep. And 1992 champion. Freddie Boom Boom Couples. Right, so, so I am riding behind that. Bryson DeChambeau is par 67 stuff yep. and everything. It bit not, him in the butt last year. He didn't make the cut. So. Not that my model means that much, but uh, your two are ranked 83rd and 84th in the field. That's fine. Bryson is ranked uh, 16th, second off the tee, number one driving distance, which is huge here. His approach is his his difficult spot, which is very important here, so that's understandable. Um Eagles sixth, putting twelfth on bent. Um, it's risky. Bryson could very well shoot sixteen over, and probably wouldn't be surprised. Um, but I like it, and I I don't know if your two guys are even going to make it through thirty six holes. So I I believe they will. I can't remember the last time Fred Couples made the cut, but he's got 
He's a good player. I don't even mean make the cut. I mean, I mean, be able to walk through thirty six holes. Oh, I know, I know, I know. Okay. But making the cut, like obviously playing the first two days well, is crucial. So Bernhard Langer made the cut two thousand twenty one, obviously as being the low, so called old guy to make the cut. Former champion, you know, Mike Weir is also one of those guys. So look out for some of the guys that. I think Larry Mize made the cut last year, yeah, 1987 champion. Your who do you think wins this? Yeah, who, who do you guys got? I, I want to hear some input here on the bet. I think Gray is going to win this. They've been they've won it before. Bryson has wow. it. Yes. yes, 50 years you. ago. Yeah, matter. They have the experience. I don't know. I think I think Bryson at some point he has to play well here, right? Like he's mm, never had. A, hold on, everyone. Okay, everyone. <laughs> Bryson won his major at winged foot, which yeah. is a totally different golf Kate course. Keep pooing on Bryson. He's Augusta made, National. Let's I, see the cut numbers. Like he's made the cut in every single six out of seven. He's made the cut. But I feel like you could also see him just. You're watching Thursday morning, and you just find him like in the azaleas somewhere, just oh, way 100%. off the course. Yes. He's already three over. He's looking at a double bogey, and it's just downhill from there. The he temper, gets on his, his own head. And the temper gets the best of yeah. Bryson yeah. all the time. He's yeah, he's he the steps old, up and he can just bomb it everywhere, and it could be straight it. or it could be fifty yards offline, which is going to kill you. The old guys are calm and collective, so they're going to win. We'll see about that. Patience. You need I love patience. The, I love the enthusiasm yeah. here. Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> they, they call Freddie Couples Boom Boom for a reason because he can put it out there with the big right. boys. So 14 yeah. years ago. <laughs> oh, he still can. He wins on the Champions Tour here and there. So, yeah, Freddie Couples, Bernhard Lager to make the cut over Bryson DeChambeau. Book it right now. Jack is paying for my next round of golf. Right. So that moves us to the one and done for this week. Masters edition. So Jack obviously still leading in the points. He took Cam Young for the match play the first week of our one and done edition here on the Long Drive podcast, and he is currently sitting in first with two point two million dollars won. He took Andrew Putnam last week, who finished tied for twenty eighth and banked fifty six thousand dollars. Nick took Ricky Fowler, who had a T ten. That was good for a $207,000 payday. He is in second with $425,925 total earned this year. Tim, I'm sorry we forgot you last week, (laughs) but you get to pick two this week for the Masters, so you're still beating me, though. Uh, I took Keegan Bradley, obviously, the first week in the match play, and Patton Kazire last week, who finished tied for 64th. I was watching golf with Jack on Friday afternoon, and... I was sweating Pat and Kazire making the cut. <laughs> he went it, birdie birdie to make it. I was it. sweating Pat and Kazire making the cut, and that kind of worked out for me. But regardless, I've only made $184,868 so far in the one and done. Hopefully that can change this week with some of our picks. Jack, who you got? Lead us off with the one and done. Uh, I was between John Rahm and Finau here. Um, I went with Finau. He's first in my model. I know it doesn't mean everything, but he's... Um, He's Tony Finau. He's come in hot. Um, people like he hasn't um, finished top ten recently, but he's didn't still... two thousand nineteen. I believe he was in the final grouping. Him, Francesco. Yes. No, and with the Masters, Tiger. He's, he's got three top tens. Okay, um, but okay. but recently in his last couple events, um, I mean 20, 24, 20, 15. So like he's done well, but um, hasn't won like last year. But fourth in approach, first in par four scoring, uh, all the proximity ranges for. 
um, like approach shots, 175, 200 first. Um, he can putt really well on bent. I just, I, I think he has what it takes to 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 win this, and I I honestly think he's pretty safe too. Um, like I think he's a pretty safe top twenty or so, and he won't just blow up. Yeah, he play, um, plays well. He doesn't really shoot himself in the foot a lot, make a right. lot of mistakes. So. Only when he rolled his ankle. That, that was yeah, the part of the yeah. contest, he rolled his ankle. Thought. Gray was like, he's injury prone. I, like, I, 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 I do remember seeing that. I think, yeah, with his, uh, his par three contest antics with the, yes. I mean, the hole in one of the par three contests is cool. But that's, that brings me kind of off topic to an interesting storyline. No player that has ever won the par three contest has gone on to win the Masters. So whoever wins the par three contest <laughs> tomorrow I'm sorry, but you probably aren't going to win it. So, Nick, the one and done, who do you have this week? I have Jordan Spieth. He's done it before, and um, I just think just because of the, the Easter Sunday thing, it's going to come true for the third straight year. I love Corn, uh, Colin, Mar- uh, Colin Morikawa this week. He is just... I think this is his week last year. He was, I, I, he was top five somewhere. He had a really good um showing and I think he can do it again. He's my one and since I got the second one I'm gonna go Sun JM. He's just he's always around in the Masters. I feel like he'll just get like a top ten, just like ten, eleven range and that'll that'll have a good paycheck behind yeah, it. So just, go with those huge two. fan of both those picks. Yes. Really exactly. Like two um two guys that finished in the top ten last year, Cal Morikawa with a solo fifth at minus four. Sung J M with a T eight I believe at minus one, so their games are pretty similar to each other. Yeah. Super approach oriented. They hit the fairway a lot, so that brings it down to me. I'm going with John Rom Rombo for my one and done pick this week. And you know, all the stats lead to John Rom being the favorite this week. To be honest with you, three wins on the PGA Tour already this year. Obviously, third ranked player in the world. He is. Third on the PGA Tour in green in regulation percentage at 73%. That's huge. That's that's pivotal this week, obviously. He's first in total strokes gained on the PGA Tour, and if you're able to gain those strokes on the field, whether that's around the green, whether that's off the tee, approach, putting, John Rahm can do it all, obviously. He's also sixth in driving distance on the PGA Tour this year. And combined with his accuracy, the 73%, Green and regulation rate, which is good for third on the PGA Tour. I'm taking John Rahm in my one and done this week. So that leads us to three players to make the cut, one player to finish in the top ten. This is another weekly pick game that we have here. Jack, you have some interesting names here that I'm I'm seeing, so tell me about them. Uh, I'm going a little bit heavy on the live guys. Uh, Taylor Gooch has been really, really good in approach over the last few years. Stats-wise, it's a little weird with live. Um, Can we find live stats? I've Do they have them? Beyond, I searched probably four or five hours yesterday. <laughs> they have like the general stats, but not the specifics. So like they have like total strokes gained, but um, I didn't look that much into them. Um, but in live, Gooch has been 13th, 11th, and 16th in his last three events. Um, and all of his stats before he joined live were pretty solid. I, I think he is a pretty good pick. Um, I'm taking Bryson because obviously I have to with, with our bet as well. I think he makes the cut. Uh, I also have a little money on him, top 20. And then Tom Hoagie, who I mentioned earlier, was first um, in approach. And I think his number is just too low for what he's been doing. And on DFS, he's in the six sixty nine $6,900. That's a joke. Um, 
So I, I like Tom Hoagie. He's cheap this week. I saw that. Very. Um, and then I have Xander to top 10. I think he is, surprisingly from what I've seen, he's by far the lowest owned uh, top top player in the field for DFS purposes. Um, really good approach. Just like strong mentally. I could really, I could see him winning, honestly. So. For me, I had to make the cut. I had Patrick Reeve, Tagala, and Corey Connors. And for top 10, I have Bryson DeChambeau representing Liv. <laughs> Jeez. This is a PGA you just Tour. Told me he wasn't make the this cut. is a PGA Tour oriented podcast. <laughs> I, I mean, we have to touch on Liv this week, obviously, yeah. but no more of that unless we're talking about Dustin Johnson. <laughs> so. uh, I got Shane Lowry to make the cut. I think he can um, do some things. And then. A guy that I really love, like nobody's really seeing him coming, is Sepp Straka. He's from Georgia. First, you usually don't see success in your first Masters. He had a T30 in his first one last year. I think he can be a very interesting player this week. I have him top 20. That's one of my favorite prop bets, foreshadowing our next segment. But I also have Tiger. I think he could make the cut there blindfolded. He literally did it on one leg last year. And then top 10, Tommy Fleetwood, plus 550. Yeah, you touch on another interesting thing with the George Bulldogs. You know, Kevin Kisner, Harris English, Sepp Straka, Chris Kirk. It seems like the Georgia men's golf team yeah. pretty much rules the PGA Patrick Tour. Patrick Reed for like a month. A month before <laughs> yeah. he got kicked off. And, yeah, that that's another thing. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> likes Patrick Reed. He's kicked off his college golf team and all that stuff. So that leads me to my four guys that I am taking this week to make the cut – you know, finishes, I believe, second in 2021. It was a very high yes. top, top 10 finish. Out of nowhere, too. Will Zalatoris is one of my guys to make the cut this year uh, at the Masters. I'm also taking Dustin Johnson, 2020 champion. Currently holds a 72-hole uh, scoring record, minus 20. He's got a lot of history here. And he's one of the best players in the world, even though he's dropping like a fly in the official world mm-hmm. golf rankings because the live tour is not allotted uh, world ranking points. And then I'm taking an amateur, which nobody's really talking about. I'm taking this guy to be the low am in the tournament as well, but to make the cut for all intensive purposes in our pit game here, Gordon Sargent, sophomore on the Vanderbilt Commodores men's golf team. That's the only real good team besides baseball that represents Vanderbilt University. Uh, Gordon Sargent, you know, it was an interview, I believe, with Max Homa, and uh, I think it was Homa earlier this this week. Uh, Gordon Sargent played in a practice round yesterday on Monday with Max Homa and Justin Thomas and was said to be clocking with the official radar 200-plus mile-per-hour ball speed on all drives, of which he hit – I believe, 11 of them and hit three wood off of three other tees. So he can obviously pound the ball. He out, routinely outdrove Max Homa and Justin Thomas in his uh, in, in their practice round and was fairly accurate with it too. So look out for that. He's also currently number one in the Haskins Award rankings, which is given to the top collegiate golfer in the NCAA every single year. So look out for Gordon Sargent. And then my top 10, you know, Tim taking him in his one and done. I have to go with Colin Morikawa. I feel I think I wrote some. Yeah, Colin Morikawa. He is fourth in shots gained, uh, tee to green. He's also second in strokes gained approach. He's 
one of the best iron players on the PGA Tour. That's huge this week. He's also he's obviously gotten his major breakthrough 2020 PGA 2021 Open Champion Colin Morikawa. So he is my pick to finish in the top 10 at plus 210 odds. So speaking of those odds, that leads us to our favorite prop bets of the week, of which we've got a plethora here. We've got a massive list for all four of us, so lead us off, Jack. Um, I mentioned Finau earlier, one and done. Uh, I'm taking him 29 to 1. There was a, I believe it was on DraftKings, you add 300 uh, to anyone, so I took that on Finau, so it's plus uh I believe 3,200 now, which I absolutely love. Um, and then my other outright that I'm taking is Hovland, uh, 37 to one. He's just good all around, um, and I think he's going to be a little bit under the radar this week compared to a lot of these big names. Um, and then a couple top 20s. I'm kind of hammering the live live guys top 20. Uh, Neiman top 20 plus 175. Harold Varner, uh, his stats were. A really bad, <laughs> but I'm just a Harold Varner fan. Um, I I wouldn't be shocked if if yeah, he was I, the top twenty. I don't necessarily know if the game there really translates right. to Augustin. Like I feel like there's guys that yes, there's the outlier of a guy that can come in and win a major championship, and you really have no clue yeah. who he is. But I feel like once we get to major championships, it, sell, it separates the the good players from the elite players and right. yes Harold Varner obviously a very good player never won on the PGA Tour before he went to live golf you know I think he's seen some success there but not yeah. really entirely sure how the yeah how it's, it been, it's been there. mediocre yeah. uh but his one really good stat is approach so I did like to see that um and then I have Spieth first round leader uh 25 to 1 I'm not I don't think Spieth is going to win it all but I could see him uh going out first round I have Justin Rhodes to be the top British player, uh, plus 330, and Taylor Moore to be the top uh, first-timer, plus 900, which I think those odds are I think are the Justin really Rhodes bet is good because uh, the top Brit, yeah. That, I mean, there's obviously Tommy Fleetwood, Terrell Hatton, a couple other guys. Um, but he was also the first-round leader last year. Yep. So knows his way around Augusta. Nick, what do you have? <clears throat> I have Cam Smith top five after round one at – plus 600, and Brooks Kepka top 20, at plus 130. You know, Brooks has been there before. I think he might actually be get top 20. Yeah, it's the whole narrative of, is Brooks back? Yeah. Or not? You know, <laughs> four major championships between 2017 2019, and then the injuries, the knee, the hip. He was still dealing with the knee last year at the Masters, and then he had the hip thing going on. And, I mean, if you watch him, yeah, he won this last week. He's two – Two wins in his past six starts on the Live Golf Tour. Uh, he, he still looks kind of hurt. Like he's, If you watch him, I did watch a little bit of it this last weekend, and he still looks a little hurt. So I don't know. Like Augusta National is a very physically demanding course. That's why everybody's concern is, is Tiger going to be able to walk 72 holes with all the hills and everything? It's an extremely long, physically demanding course. So, but yeah, the Brooks Kepka top 20 at plus 130 for Nick. All right, my long list of uh, props starts with Sepp Straka, as I mentioned. I, I have him plus twenty uh, or top twenty at plus five fifty, so I feel like that's pretty good value. And then I have Hovland over Homa at minus one ten. Homa has been terrible at Augusta; he's been really bad. And then Fleetwood top ten. I like Fleetwood's stuff a lot. And then I'm going with Jack Finau to win. I got a twenty one, a little worse, but and I have Morikawa at twenty five to one. Yeah, the plus 2,500 odds there for 
Cal Morikawa would have thought would have probably been yeah. a little higher given how well his game translates to Augusta National. But that leads me to my favorite prop bets for the week. You know, a guy that we haven't mentioned his name yet on the podcast, which is kind of crazy in my opinion, who's super rounding into form. He's a strokes gained machine, Jason Day. Is Jason Day officially back? We don't know. He has not won on the PGA Tour since the 2018 Farmers Insurance Open. However, I'm taking a very interesting prop that includes him to make a top 20 as well as a hole-in-one to occur on any hole, or on hole 16, excuse me, this week. You know, hole 16 is is famous for the hole-in-ones. Obviously, we've seen probably the most iconic, although it was not a hole-in-one, the most iconic shot in tournament history, Tiger's Chip in 2005 to win his fourth green jacket. So a hole-in-one on hole 16, especially with the back left pin location on Sunday, they're able to use the slope. Guys, you know, this is PGA Tour. Guys know how to read greens, especially on approach shots. So that's my favorite prop but involving Jason Day, him to finish in the top 20, and a hole-in-one to occur on Hole 16 for plus 250, and I, it wouldn't be complete if you didn't take a prop bet involving Tiger Woods since it's Masters week. There's a prop out there. His over-under score has been set. His over-under for his first round score has been set at 72.5. I'm taking the under on that, minus 110. You know, Justin Thomas was being interviewed. He's played a lot of practice rounds. They've, they've played practice rounds together, him and Rory McIlroy, um, this week. And... It's a durability issue for Tiger. They're not sure if he's going to be able to make it through 72 holes, but the first round is obviously only 18 of those. So take his under 72.5 score uh, for minus 110 odds in the first round. And then kind of going along with Jack's first-timer thing, Tom Kim, the two-time tour winner. Uh, You know, the game really does kind of translate. He's 21st in strokes gained. Uh, total total strokes gained this season, and you know just some more of those stats. Jason Day to kind of incentivize my prop bets here. Jason Day is fifth in total shots gained this season, and made it to the quarterfinals at the match play. So he's really rounding into form. I'm taking Tom Kim to be my top first timer at plus 450 odds. So that wraps us up here on the long drive for our Masters Prep Edition. You know, we, we covered so much. The Valero Texas Open, you know, Corey Connors having a much better weekend than my Detroit Tigers did, <laughs> but we got our first win last night, so hopefully it's many more. Corey Connors winning the Valero Texas Open. He's super popular heading into Augusta. You know, we mentioned all these different guys heading into Augusta. This is the best golfing week of the year. We hope that you can watch all four rounds as we will be doing So that is the Long Drive Masters Prep episode, and thank you all so much for listening and catch us every week for the remainder of the season. Please make sure to check out all of Impact 89 FM's other podcasts. This has been the Long Drive on Impact 89 FM.